Hello and welcome to the Complete Mathematics Podcast, Teaching Together. I'm Dave Taylor and today we're going to look at converting between millimetres, centimetres and metres. This objective is in Stage 4, Unit 14 of the Complete Mathematics Curriculum. You can access this objective and the whole curriculum made up of over 1,800 objectives for free at CompleteMaths.com. We discussed this objective at a recent Planning Together session, and the reason that I chose this objective specifically was that the success rate on Tutor is below 50%. Planning Together is a webinar that runs every other week during school time, and is aimed at giving teachers an opportunity to meet and discuss planning learning episodes. You can sign up at the Complete Maths website. Before we get going, head to completemaths.com forward slash podcast where you can download the slide deck of tasks from today's episode. Once you've downloaded this, let's dive into Teach, Do, Practice, Behave with converting between millimetres, centimetres and metres. Before we teach pupils a new idea, we must be sure that we're doing the right maths. If we're not and it's too easy, we run the risk of boredom. And if it's too hard, we run the risk of behaviour and motivation issues as pupils develop the idea that they're not a maths person. And we know that this isn't the case. Everyone can learn maths well. We can check that we're doing the right maths by assessing prerequisite knowledge. So before teaching converting between millimetres, centimetres and metres, we're expecting pupils to have knowledge of the metric units of length, being able to measure them from stage two, and choosing the most suitable metric unit for a particular measurement, which is the objective before this one in the unit that we're working through. We also want to know about pupils' abilities to multiply and divide by powers of 10 and their understanding of the place value system, as these are vital to success with today's learning episode. But we might also want to know that pupils are aware of imperial measures of length, which we might consider as non-examples of metric units, and which other units they are aware of. Slide 3 on the accompanying slide deck gives some examples of the kind of questions you might ask. And there are a few ways to do this. One of which would be to ask questions and have pupils respond on mini whiteboards, being responsive to what they tell you, filling in gaps before we continue with the learning episode. We could also have pupils working in their exercise books, with the teachers circulating to identify areas of need, but my preferred method for assessing prerequisites is to plan for this ahead of time. We can set an activity for homework or as an exit ticket in a prior lesson, so I can analyse the information between that activity being handed in and the current learning episode so that I can plan for corrective teaching before we begin. And once we've assessed prerequisites and we know that pupils are ready to learn the new idea, we're ready to teach. In the teach phase, the idea is entirely novel to pupils sitting just beyond their current level of understanding. The teacher shares key facts and uses metaphor and model to explain and describe so that pupils can make meaning and form connections with their current schema. The first thing we should do here is see if pupils can estimate a metre. This is the key to understanding millimetres and centimetres, so I'd have pupils show me a metre with their hands. Maybe they'd open their hands to the sides, although poking each other in the eye can be a risk, and I can check that with a metre stick. Or they can put one hand to a level from the floor and we can check using the metre stick in the, way, in the same way. I'll then pass this metre stick around so that pupils can get a feel for it, really asking themselves, what is a metre? So when we come to that question, this is another excellent opportunity for storytelling in the maths classroom. In the French Revolution, French scientists wanted to redefine the units of measurements, removing their attachment to monarchs and redefining them for all people 
for all time. In 1791, the metre was defined to be one ten millionth of the distance between the equator and the North Pole along the meridian through Paris. So lots of calculations were done along the meridian between Dunkirk in France and Barcelona in Spain. One team worked northwards and another team started heading south, meeting in the middle, and this took seven years. Errors in the calculations were identified decades later, which meant that the prototype of a metre wasn't even a metre long. Now, science has moved on a lot in the last two centuries, and a metre is now defined to be the distance that light travels in 1,299,792,458 of a second. As we head back into the classroom, one thing that I've never really done, and I did raise in the webinar, was to have pupils take out their rulers. Or maybe provide them with one if they don't have one. Using the ruler, we can see that 10 millimetres is a centimetre, and we could do a similar thing using metre sticks. Every pupil at my school is expected to have a ruler, so this seems a great way to bridge between something they use daily and this new idea. We can then start to formalise this understanding, and my favourite way to go about this in the classroom is to explore the etymology of mathematical words. This was also brought up in the webinar by Trisha and Josh, who stated that we can link to words like century, meaning 100 years, the fact that there are 100 cents in a dollar, and the word millennium means a 1,000 years. Now this all acts back to the Latin words for 100 and 1,000, and identifying these prefixes gives us an opportunity to develop some flexible knowledge with regards to the other metric units too, as we progress forward. Now as we transition out of the teach phase, we're looking for pupils to do, and that's coming up next. Now that we've looked at the teach phase, let's talk about do. In the do phase, pupils are simply replicating what they've been shown in the teach phase and are performing with this new idea. We should state that in the do phase, deep and meaningful learning probably hasn't yet occurred. Performance is a poor proxy for learning. The do phase complements the teach phase by allowing pupils to develop confidence and fluency in working with the new procedure. The teaching at this stage is responsive, with the teacher amending models or examples to make stronger connections in pupils' schema. The aim is for pupils to be successful in replicating the novel idea, which maintains pupil motivation before we start to explore the idea in greater depth. The typical do phase, I think, is to provide the equivalence that we want to focus on and determine the method for doing this. This is shown on slide 4 of the slide deck, and I've paired this with some example problem pairs. Finding this objective on Classroom means that you'll find some dynamic example problem pairs on the Example Questions tab. You can access this for free on CompleteMaths.com and it will enable you to regenerate as many questions as are needed by your class. But there are limitations because there are no decimals in questions or answers. The example set of example problem pairs on slide 5 starts with simple calculations and starts to increase the complexity as we work through them. It also provides a little bit of variation between some of the problems that pupils are working through and the following examples for discussion as you work through this in the classroom. To minimise cognitive load, I'd start with only one of the equivalences, as I've shown in the slide deck, annotating for the class. But by the time we get to the next equivalence, I'd be asking pupils to identify the procedure on their mini whiteboards before completing the same process as before for each of the equivalences. As pupils become more fluent with each equivalence, we're going to want to develop method selection, and the activity on slide 6 promotes this through mixing up the different equivalences in metric lengths. 
The variation involved in this activity also provides a natural segue into the practice phase, which we'll move on to in the next part of the podcast. In the practice phase, pupils move beyond simply performing and begin to develop more flexible knowledge of the idea. Since we move through the teach and do phases, pupils are now fluent with the idea, so we're now directing their attention to underlying structures, relationships and principles, bringing about strong connections with prior knowledge. We're looking for a well-structured and intelligently designed task that will aid pupils in forming links with their prior knowledge. We're looking for pupils to continue to become more expert with the novel idea, and to do this we're going to change the way that they're thinking almost as though they're coming at the idea from different angles. To do this, I've included two tasks. The first of which is a card sort activity, which includes five sets of equivalent measures, all with the figures three and five. Pupils are expected to arrange them into their three sets of five, and we're trying to avoid this becoming an odd one out kind of activity, where pupils have some left at the end, and they just put them together that way. We need pupils thinking hard about the idea, so some of the cards are left blank, with the intention that pupils can write the missing length. In this case, they might get a length that's written in metres and in millimetres and have to write the equivalent length in centimetres, or they may have millimetres and centimetres and have to write that length in metres. The second option I've included here is on slide 8, and it's taken from an old textbook I found in the depths of the department store cupboard at school. It's fairly straightforward in that pupils are finding the sum of lengths which cross over into the next unit. People should appreciate that in question 1 we should write the answer as a number of centimetres rather than millimetres after we've found their sum. And as we progress, we convert during the calculations a similar and the novel idea into their existing schema. And after pupils have formed strong connections between the novel idea and their existing schema, we're looking at them behaving mathematically, and that'll be coming up next. Deepen understanding through behaving mathematically, and if our aim is to develop mathematicians, then this phase is the most important of all. When behaving mathematically, maturation matters. In this phase, tasks are chosen from well-embedded and mature ideas that connect to the novel idea, and a good rule of thumb is that this kind of maturation takes two years. So we're looking for pupils to transition from specialising, to conjecturing and generalising, and through to analysing and reasoning with a related idea from roughly two stages previous. For converting between millimetres, centimetres and metres, I've put together the task on slide 9. It's something I've been thinking about for a long time, and I still have a note on my phone which says broken ruler activity. The idea is that pupils are bringing together their knowledge of reading scales with addition and subtraction, and aids pupils in becoming more expert with measuring. For listeners without access to the slide deck, we're looking at the lengths of four stationary items, measuring their lengths, but our ruler is broken. In the first two questions, the ruler is simply snapped at one end, so we're looking for pupils to align a whole number on their ruler with the beginning of their object and subtract that whole number from the measurement they can read off. In the second two, the ruler is missing many numbers, so we must engage with more lines on the ruler and the relationship between millimetres and centimetres to find the length. This is something that pupils have the components for, but now we're looking for them to form the composite and behave mathematically with our idea.
Well, that's it for this episode of Teaching Together. Remember that you can check out the entire curriculum, that's over 1,800 objectives, for free at CompleteMaths.com. We hope that you've taken a lot from this episode, and if you have any questions, comments or thoughts, don't hesitate to get in touch on Twitter. I'm on at TaylorDear01, and the Complete Maths team is on at Ed, or I'm available via email on Dave at CompleteMaths.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your chosen podcast provider, and please feel free to pass the pod to both colleagues and friends so that we can all improve our teaching together. Until next time, take care. <laughs>